1: Welcome to it, weekend editions here at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We are streaming on StreamYard from the Rail Yard. Chris Schmidt, Mark Krainak, Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN Lincoln Studios. Welcome back. In your mind, play the Welcome Back Carter theme, because, hey, it's football, it's Memorial Stadium. You get to see you and your friends uh, for the first time since Iowa 2019. We are loaded up, ready to well, spend a little bit of time on some big-picture topics, not necessarily Fordham, but uh, the Huskers get a chance to go to one and one today, and uh, your chance to chime in either on uh, the, uh, the the Facebook Live with uh, ESPN Lincoln, or uh, dial us up or find us on Twitter. Uh, Twitter is at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt at Mark Skurs for Mark Cranack at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, email's Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Uh, ESPN Lincoln is where the Facebook is at. Krainak, good to see you. That coffee smells good. Thank you. Elijah Herbal, give yourself not a slow golf clap, but a roaring Encore applause for the job you did last night with a nail-biter with Lincoln Southeast and Lincoln Southwest, sir. Good morning to you. What's up? Good morning. Uh,
3: Feeling a little bit tired in this fine morning, but I got the coffee in front of me. I got a (laughs) cherry fritter in front of me,
1: not an apple fritter this morning, and I am ready to watch a Husker win this afternoon. Let's see if that happens. Of course, real red reaction immediately follows here from the rail yard after Nebraska Fordham. Uh, Myself, uh, JP from 96 Kicks, and Tim Bob Kitzmiller uh, will be here uh, reacting. But uh, plenty to react to this week. It's been interesting. It's not been necessarily bright and sunny after the Illinois loss. Uh, And you've had... uh, We have overcast skies today. We do have uh, overcast skies. You've got a beautifully lit up PBA. You've got a beautifully lit up uh, rail yard here. And, And folks will be open soon. So you can get in line for that red beer, uh, if uh, Coach Brett has deemed the uh, the phrase Beatrice Martini, and I love our friends from Beatrice, where you put about two or three olives in your Bud Light. Okay,
0: that's and, a Beatrice Martini.
1: <laughs> that's that's the term. Uh, you can also uh, just come down here, enjoy, be outside, and going to be a gorgeous day for football. But uh, you know, last weekend we were in Champagne. And we were talking about the moment Scott Frost had as a player—the uh, Washington game, his coming out party—that uh, that incredible game he had where Nebraska went on to uh, to, to like pretty much stomp uh, number two Washington, yep. Brock Heward and that was a monster kind of jolt slash springboard for Nebraska football. In 97. It silenced the critics. It did. It did. Of Frost, of
0: which there were plenty leading into that.
1: Sure. And so, looking back at things, armchairing a bit, I wonder if last Saturday was more of Coach Frost's Arizona State moment. Yeah, see. And and that's not all on him. The Arizona State game wasn't, obviously. But... Long and short, that that puts some doubt into the minds of many. And uh, there's a lot of vocal Nebraska fans this week that are standing by Scott Frost. There's a lot of vocal Nebraska fans that are frustrated with uh, the the program and its direction. The good news today, after a week of practice, is you can go out and show that you are better. You can go out and show uh, progress. Can you, though? Well, you can. Absolutely you can. With Fordham?
0: Sure. Do do you know what I'm saying, though? I, I just don't... Short of putting up like a NCAA record, ninety-seven points. Sure, I'm not sure anything that is shown today can actually quell doubters. You're you're not. (laughs) If that's what we're talking about,
1: you can feel better, but still not know what your team is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, With a win today, you're favored by almost forty in in some areas with uh, Las Vegas. So that is key for Nebraska. You got to look the part today. Uh, yeah. Against an undermanned and an overmatched uh lower divisional foe, but uh, the bigger picture is better offensive line play. The bigger picture is more skill position help for Adrian. the bigger picture thing is finding a running back you can lean on by the time you go to norman and the other big picture discussion point is you know what's next what's next for this football team and program as they move forward in 2021 and they got a lot of opportunity to get better they got a lot of opportunity to gain some confidence uh the next couple of weeks Mm -hmm. before you make that roadie down to norman so uh you know mark I, i think first and foremost it's really important to kind of drill down on the fact where you know what do you want adrian ideally to be in this offense we know what you've asked of him now what? What is the reality? What's going to put him in the best position to to be a difference maker, a game breaker, uh, and and also not have everything on his back like he's a Sherpa going up Everest?
0: I know it's and it doesn't feel like they've really landed on any anything and because we talked about this last night where it's not by design, but what your offense actually is mm-hmm. is having Adrian scramble for for yards. Like that's your. That's your actual offense. That 75-yard touchdown, that's what that was. I bet you if you went back and deconstructed you know, all of Adrian Martinez's rushing yards, how many of them were simply play breaks down, he has to run to make something happen? How many of his turnovers were because play breaks down and he has to make something happen? The plays are breaking down too much. <laughs> you know, The plays are breaking down too much, and they have consistently. And it is shocking. Because if, if, if you are to let's, – let's transport back to 2018. Like, the fact that we are talking about this in 2021 <laughs> is just like uh, – I, I, I laugh because you're going to cry. It is, so, it is so unfathomable how this thing has transpired, where the offense is a legitimate liability. It's a liability for the football team. When you look at the offense and the defense and the special teams – Special teams has been a liability. Offense is a liability. Defense is the only thing kind of keeping you from getting smoked.
1: And they've I mean, been a, really. They've been a work in progress, and they have built up to be yeah. something you can lean on. Yeah. You know, those are some questions. Are, that, are you, but that's where you're at right now. It is. It's a reality. So what do you do in that scenario?
0: Do you get better? If you know that so, – so whatever game plans you have been drawing up, they break down in the games. I don't care if they work in practice. Cool, awesome. You get your practice medal. Like, what you, who cares if they work in practice? It's not translating to games. So whatever their approach is, their plan is. It is time to scrap it and change it. It's not. Oh, we just keep doing what? No, you don't. No, do not keep doing what you're doing. Like I understand the stick to itiveness. The do they know how to do commitment. anything else? You'd hope. It is time. It is it, uh, like, I just hope they have enough self-awareness t- to to change when it's obvious that they have to. It is so obvious that they have what There is something fundamentally, fundamentally broken <laughs> to where the offense cannot get yards and points. And it's now a trend, man. This is no longer... <laughs> Right, this is a trend. You're going to turn it over regularly. You're going to commit a lot of penalties. You're not going to be good in the red zone. That's just what's up. So, what ails that? Or or how how do you fix that? Well, three words: run (laughs) the the ball. Run the ball. I'm serious. Like, and whether or not you're good at it, I don't. I don't care at this point. At you this point, wanted... you actually have to protect your defense. You do, because they're the ones that are going to carry your water. So commit to it, run clock. Don't give me this Oregon speed crap. There, there is no
1: Oregon speed. Well,
0: Craig, they're, they're, the can, Oregon speed is not a thing here. It's you, not.
1: You can you can utilize the 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 blur element of of your offense, but you got to get your speed on the field.
0: That helps. That helps. Yeah, maybe play a little Xavier bets, but it's dude. Look, it's. If you look at the season last year and you look at game one this year, a, something with their approach is wrong, just not right. Maybe – and there's probably people just sitting there just yelling, saying, well, yeah, it's because Coach Frost. It's because, it's cause, you know, it's because you got bad coaching. Maybe you do. Maybe you do. But we but we are talking about the 2017 Coach of the Year.
1: Right. I don't, and, and I don't. What does that mean? Coaches don't forget overnight how to do what made them great. Mm-hmm. Now, well, uh,
0: I, th- I, th- I don't, well,
1: <laughs> they seem to do it here.
0: <laughs> what's up with that? Is it something in the water? Do we have to call no Lincoln I, Municipal? What, whatever? Like Bo water Pelini, defensive genius. Management. Bo Pelini, defensive genius, gets housed for 400 yards and 70 plus points. You know, sets records for defensive futility here somehow. Scott Frost, blur offense architect. You know,
1: undefeated coach he comes here. He can't. He can't get a yard. It's the curse of Frank Solich. <laughs> What's that? The curse of Frank Solich. Is it Elijah off of the top rope uh, this morning? But no, I. I. This is a situation where. I think physically they have tried and done a lot of the right things with their training, with their prep. I agree with, with, with that. Their, with their yep. depth development. Now it comes down yeah. to the mental part oh, of things. And it that, is 100% that. That is, that is uh, the wall to get over, mm-hmm. is, is the mental part <laughs> where they need something good to happen. And quite honestly, we talked about the here we go again, all the years we've done the weekend edition show, and it spanned coaching staffs. And eventually, somebody's got to step up, make a play. And Trev Alberts this week sat down with Tom Chattel, and he gets into what are your habits like? Mm -hmm. How consistent are your habits? And it's something that our friend Jay Moore talks about all the time. We see some tailgaters. I mean, that's that's a thick koozie right there. That thing would survive a nuclear blast, I believe. Yeah. Square. Uh, sorry, uh, ball. Right. Uh, you look at a koozie going by, full of tasty beverages. Uh, but no, I mean it, it comes down to having a moment in a big game and then getting over that hump and winning. That that's part of this too, because yeah. we know about the the microscope, the stage, the pressure, and the fallout if you don't get it done. And Nebraska responded last week briefly after they went down 2 nothing. They were up nine to two. But even so, you miss an extra point, and then you're 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 going to get the football back at midfield or around there. Finally, plus field position mm-hmm. after an interception penalty blows that up, 30 yards tacked on, touchdown, tie game, and then the strip sack. And and I think guys want it so badly. And this isn't an excuse. This is what I'm feeling. It, it's it's as simple as trying to field, field a punt inside the five, want to make something happen. Last yeah. last possession, it was first and in, in ten from the one for the Nebraska offense. Uh, it, it's as simple as not taking the five-yard crosser that had uh, a couple of wideouts open for Adrian, but it's, it's a second or two holding it too long and then protection breaks down. There's the strip sack, scoop score. Now you're down seven going into half. And by the way, that mentality, if you're the defense, you played your butt off all first half. You have five tackles for loss, three sacks. You go in down after that performance, shutting down the run game, knocking out the starting quarterback. And then all of a sudden, you after all of that, you're down. And then yeah. you can't get off the field because it's third and manageable uh, for most of that. Eight-play drive for Illinois. I mean, it's just a compound of, of of events where it reinforces that here we go again.
0: Of course, Yeah, it does. It does, and we've seen that we've seen it too many times. And how do you get over that? I, yeah, it's such a mental mindset. You just you mind just can thing. make a play. But, but you know what that is, though. I mean, that is ultimately that. I mean, that is that's coaching. Coaching is is you
1: figuring but out. What if your coach is also part of the here we go again?
0: Well, very much could be. And, and which is crazy because he inherited that mentality as well. That and, mentality has been around. And I don't think he's ever experienced it. That it, thing has been, like, passed down like tribal knowledge. <laughs> like, what, stop it. Like, seriously, the Pelini tribe passed it. No, the Callahan tribe passed it to the Pelini tribe who passed it to the, like, just stop. Pass it to the Riley tribe who passed It's just, seriously, people. Here's, here's the thing that's maybe even more disturbing. But we're just rays of sunshine this morning. Such as the case when you lose at Illinois. <coughs> uh, excuse me. <coughs> Sorry about that. You're right. Furball. I, I, I think I, yeah. I'm okay. So let's let's look at how Nebraska was or is, in Scott Frostward, and I think most serious fans would agree, It is and or should be a developmental program. And by that you mean. You, you you recruit guys in, maybe they don't see the light of day for two years. You put them in the lab, you, you you stuff them full of good macros. All of a
1: sudden, it's Captain America time.
0: Right. You stuff them full of good macros. You pack thirty pounds on them. You drop three tenths of their forty, and and you you know you gain twenty pounds of muscle, lose thirty pounds of fat. Whatever. You put them in a lab. You carve them up. They practice, practice, practice. So this is year four. I, I'm not talking about defense. I want to talk about offense. Okay. Who, ha, who would you say has just developed and developed well? Not just existed in the program.
1: Not the next man up, but who's come in I'm and done I'm talking well. who has
0: gone into the lab, carved themselves up, gotten better put it this way ben stilley is a guy that you could say has done that defensively garrett nelson showing signs of that right now cam taylor Britt, save for the punt return fiasco that you could say he's a development like i think there are plenty of examples on defense but what about
1: offense i uh, okay the the one guy on offense that that and i know he had a a one bad snap but he performed pretty well Mm -hmm. last Mm -hmm. week was cam jurgens okay Okay,
0: you could you could make that, an argument that, for him.
1: That's that's the one yep. guy you've you've had, Allen. Uh, yeah, I'd I'd say Allen at tight end, Austin Allen. Yeah, I mean just from a from a leadership standpoint, and they got to throw him the damn ball. Would you say quarterback? No. Would you say anybody at receiver? No. You mean? Would you say anybody at running back? No. I mean the last guy that that went into the lab and came out the other end, Andy Dufresne style, is is now. Uh, was with Jacksonville and Divino Zigbo. What about offensive line besides uh, Cam Juergens? Not, I mean, they've not been playing long enough to, to be able to make that determination. Th- this is their second year starting for a Piper, for yep. a Ben Hart, okay? Yep. Yep. You've got Sickerman that that is going to be one of those guys as he improves – that we can point to maybe at the end of the season, but he's been a guy that's been in the program for four years at yep. guard. You got Brock Bando that we may see some of today. You've got yep. Hick May. You got, you got Hickson. I mean, yep. you, no. Uh, to your point, it's been the offensive side of the ball that has not developed. Has developed. dude. It's think about that year four <laughs> in a developmental program. This is
0: a developmental program. I, I, there's probably like eighty percent agreement that that's what this should be. This is not going to be just. Acquire the most talent a la Alabama, it's, roll it's, them out.
1: It's two things. Right? It's five-star or five-year. And if you get a combination of it, you're Alabama. <laughs> year four, we can't name a single receiver.
0: We can't. Year four, we cannot name a receiver. Can't name a single running back. Your four-year starter at quarterback, you would just say, like what, however we're loosely defining, has developed well we would not define him as having developed well.
1: We don't know. He seems like
0: kind of the same dude that he's been,
1: which is pretty good, but not great. Yeah, well, it's inconsistent because, again, what's around him has been inconsistent.
0: Could be. Those things could be absolutely linked. But think about that, dude. Year four, you cannot sit here and point. In a developmental program, you cannot point to, you should be able to point to a handful of receivers that are productive, productive, a handful of running backs that are productive, right? Well, Some tight ends. Like Austin Allen, put him up there. I, I, I would agree with Austin Allen. Cam Jurgens, a little controversial of a pick, but I get it. You know, he's he's a starter and he's played well. He had the crazy snap. It's just like. You're, you're,
1: you were asking, and those are the yeah. names that I could come but up with. But that's crazy,
0: dude. That is absolutely crazy that in a developmental program that we struggle to come up with names. When I, mean, I just asked that question. As opposed to defense. I, you can name a lot of guys defensively. Uh, Jojo Doman. Jojo's been phenomenal. Right? He's, he's Deontay Williams. Mm-hmm. Markel Dismuke. I mean, you just go down the list, and that those are guys that have developed and gotten better well, each year defensively.
1: You can't say that on offense. Look, at your linebacking. About anybody. Look, at your linebacking core. Oh, G, Reimer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you got Reimers and Henrich. You, you can go down. You can K- literally go. Damian Daniels. K- well, Damian and Deontre <laughs> I mean, come Thomas. on. Deontre, right?
0: You go down the list defensively. You, you just go down the two deep. And you can point out all these guys who have gone to the lab, gotten better, developed well. Right, there, like that's how they roll. There's a
1: plan that's uh-huh. executed on the defensive side. Offensively, you
0: can't say that because there has been no continuity. Been so many transfers. In fact, I would love to go back and look because we talk about transfers and how oh everybody transfers at every school. Sure, mm-hmm. Nebraska's I think lost fifty three since
1: it's, it's whenever. A, it's um, I wonder how much of that's offense versus defense. I don't think that's really been you, looked at. You've lost a number of guys in the defensive secondary. You lost those guys from Florida last year. Yep. But offensively is is where you're at. There he is. Husker fan, what's your pup's name? Little Bear. Little Bear. All right. Little Bear's going for a walk this morning. Yeah. Uh, David chimes in. New week. Let's go GBR. He chimes in. You're welcome to do so on our Facebook live stream. Uh... Uh, Coach Jeffrey says, "Here we go again." <laughs> I think he means us, not the football team. <laughs> I, I hope it's true. Sorry, Jeff. No, that's all right. We're we,
0: trying. We're trying to be positive here. But like, really, it, it is striking when you compare the offense and defense in terms of how those players have developed over time. And what do you see on, on defense? On defense, you see a more coherent unit. That's productive. That I seems guys to know what they're doing. Back. You saw guys come back. Offense, you see discombobulation. Not a lot of continuity. What's going on? Nobody's really certain. You don't see your, players. Your, your game plans are going to see your your game plan's not working. So you just resort to uh, I don't know, Adrian, run, do something. Uh, let's us. drop back, right? Like you you, you don't have that continuity, that certainty on offense because guys haven't been developing, guys haven't been staying on campus,
1: and now we're seeing the results. So, happy Saturday, everybody. Hey, listen, it's it's a big Saturday. We're here in the rail yard, at Hale Varsity Radio weekend, as uh, on Home Football Fridays. Man, it is awesome to be at the single barrel. Uh, you had a steak last night. Oh, yeah. Uh, Man, thick. I had a, a, a steak last night, and, and you made me tear up. I was laughing so hard because this is something I was well, taught by my father. Uh, you, you never... Neglect cleaning the bone Dude I I get it I mean I'm not going Jethro with no sleeves Okay and there's not a napkin tucked in my shirt But I had a bone in New York strip It It was phenomenal And there was a little bit of meat left on that bone Dude. <laughs> uh, and I had to to handle that. You went completely crow magnet on well, that. Crane acts like Schmidt. Are you going to take that home and bury it in the backyard?
0: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was ridiculous. I mean, you really. I look. I've seen people eat a eat a bone in, and sort of like once you get to that part near the bone where it's it's a little tougher to remove from the bone, you just sort of give up. You're just sort it of like okay, tender enough to remove. You are just sitting there using like your incisors. You're like. Using whatever evolutionary... I, I didn't go, like, uh, sign. Whatever evolutionary thing is left in our mouths and teeth, like, you use every shred of it. Like, I think we've evolved past but I got doing it. what you did. Oh, it was so good. Or we're on our way to. It was so good. But you tapped into it. If you're paying you're just for like, the steak, you, you better get your money's worth, is all I'm well, saying. Get all that meat off the bone. He's peeling, like, membrane off of it. It's and, like, so good. I mean, it's just it's like, so dude, good. let it go. Like, it's 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 over. Are the I mean, steak is over. Mark, are you, you know? the
3: kind of guy that doesn't clean your, your wings down to the bone whenever you eat them? It's the same concept here. Not when you get all, not when it's all gristly and cooked poorly.
1: Nah. But
0: that's not the case last night. Nah. It was fantastic. Well, true. It, it was cooked well. But it was just a little sticky. I just saw you really strong. I was worried that a tooth would go flying out. No. Or that your hand would slip and you'd strike I- somebody. <laughs> like, it was just, there was a lot of force happening between your hand and your mouth. And you're just like... <laughs> and I, I don't know. I just felt I, I felt sorry for, uh, for your wife. I just, I, I just like, the next <laughs> scene would have been, like, you grabbing her by the hair and just, like... No, Dra- no. Dragon or no, caveman no, style. No, It'd be like no.
1: Ooh, ooh, ooh like bruh. she was threatening me. Let's evolve here. Um let's, let's 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 evolve. The long and short is go to the single barrel, get a whiskey and get a steak. Yeah, seriously. It was awesome. Do that. It it brings out the caveman in you. It, <laughs> I'm not sure that's their tag. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> God love you. Can we come up with new ones? Uh, Craig uh, chimes in here on Facebook. The O-line has to step up. Running backs need to start running angry. And our receivers have to find a way to stretch the field vertically. Until then, it's up to the D to win games. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's a, it's a familiar formula. Craig, thanks for listening and chiming in. And, yeah, you hope to, you hope to be able to do that. You hope to be able to do that today. You should against Fordham. Buffalo's uh, going to be a little bit more formidable. You have a, just a, an awesome day of college football. Yeah, you do. And how cool last night was, and, and I think you probably saw it on Twitter. It's gotten about 3 million views. <laughs> but Inner Sandman. Inner Sandman with 80,000 Hokie fans was back as North Carolina's trying to hear themselves think yep. on the sideline. Who won that one? Uh, it was seventeen uh, to ten. It was Virginia Tech with the upset oh, nice. over number ten North Carolina. How About that, but you get to be at Memorial Stadium today. You get to see Nebraska slam the horseshoe. You get to see Nebraska run out of the tunnel. That part for the is first cool. time in way, way, way too long. And it's a long holiday weekend. It is. Yeah. So it's yeah. There's some good things
0: here if they run the ball.
1: Well, uh, if I, they
0: don't, it's just all a terrible day.
1: Yeah. We'll. Uh, Rewind here. Let me set the lineup. We just kind of dove into yeah. some football stuff this morning here. Weekend edition, Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbel. So uh, we will have a rewind on the way shortly with uh, Jeremiah Searles, our favorite Husker offensive lineman and uh, former Viking and Charger and uh, Buffalo Bill. So Searles is up. He was with us on Thursday, does the sidelines for Nebraska football. He does an amazing job. Brandon Vogel uh, from uh, Parts uh, East going to join us, uh, managing editor from HaleVarsity.com and magazine. And also uh, Gary Sharp, the Iron Horse. He'll be on site with us down here in the rail yard getting your home football Saturday kicked off on ESPN Lincoln. A reminder, uh, about our friends that help send us on the road. We are in Norman in two weeks. We are in Minnesota in October. Uh, part of that uh, group powering us forward is, Bless your heart. is Ferris Financial Group. Their goal is to educate, coach, and help you work on your investment goals. And they specialize in investment strategy. Can also help with budgeting, planning, and overall strategy. Are you a younger family? I know when my wife and I got married... We needed all the counseling we could get when it came to budgeting still. Uh, I get that from our friends at Ferris Financial Group. But uh, there's also times of transition. And uh, with that transition, whether you're starting a new job, you're uh, making a a job change, uh, I tell you what, Ferris Financial Group can help you with your goals, and that goal also retirement and future plans. Do you want to be playing golf when you're 55 or 60? you want to? a Summer or winter home. I mean, those things are all within grasp because uh, your friends at Ferris Financial Group can help take care of that money you've worked so hard for. Uh, contact Marcus Schmidt today with Ferris Financial Group 402 525 6824. Marcus.schmidt at lpl.com or just reach out to Ferris Financial Group at Ferris Financial Group on Facebook. Ferris Financial Group. Dot com. Mark Cranack, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel, as uh, we'll step away from the rail yard. A rewind on the way with uh, Jeremiah Searles, his take on the O-line. That's on the way. It's Hale Varsity weekend from the rail yard. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. You know, I love Searles' sightings. Jeremiah Searles with this uh, standout Husker. Our favorite uh, Buffalo Bill Viking Charger at Searles71HSKR underscore HSKR on Twitter. Searles, you going to be a little bit cooler this weekend? How are you?
3: No, I'm doing good, man. Yeah, looking at the forecast, it doesn't look like it's going to melt me to the turf like it did in Champagne.
1: How was the Champagne Room, man? You were roaming the sideline. I know it was a billion degrees. Uh, beer couldn't take that pain away on Saturday <laughs> for a lot of Nebraska fans. But uh, first and foremost, how was it, man? How was the sideline?
3: It was fun. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed myself. I really enjoyed being able to be down on the field again for a football game and be at that level and just being able to see things from eye level that you can't really see from the fan side of just. The way guys are coming in off the field, the flow of the game, like the real tempo of the game being down there, it was just really a lot of fun to be back and be a part of, and it's something I'm really looking forward to the rest of the year as well.
1: Well, let's talk about the flow on offense, and uh, you've been in some – some flow? Well, right. <laughs> why? Okay, then then why? Why no flow, man? What, what did you see with uh, those eyes that have done the offensive line for a while?
3: You know, the biggest thing I saw was we were just – our inability to stay on blocks at times really came to haunt us. And, I mean, the first play of the game, Schmitty, if I'm being honest, we should have scored. I mean, really, if Banks and, and Piper can seal up their one double dig their double team up to the linebacker, I mean, Gabe Urban's first score – first handoff as a Husker might go for 80 and a touchdown because it would be one-on-one with him in the backside safety. And that was kind of the, the, the tail of the tape throughout the whole game is there's always one or two guys or just one guy not being able to finish his block or not being in the right spot. And is to have an effective running game, you have to have all 11 guys on the same page. And I think that Frost and company really want to have a physical running game. And I think that we will have a physical running game, but we just got to clean up the one guy here or there. And don't get me wrong. Everyone took their turn, including Adrian, including Austin Allen, including, I mean, everyone took their turn in not being the one that finishes the block to spring the touchdown. And I think that that's something we'll watch the tape on and understand the hidden yards that we had left out there on offense because there was a lot of them.
1: Are you concerned about the running back rotation at all? Or do you feel like that can maybe continue to shake itself out after Saturday?
3: You know, I I still think it's anyone's anyone's, uh, position to take. I thought that maybe we might see a guy – on Saturday, separate himself from the field. But the big surprise for me was we didn't even see Sevian Morrison. I mean, when the third back came in, obviously Gabe Irving got the start. You saw Marquis Stepp came in, got the first touchdown, and he kind of had some momentum rolling. Then he kind of just disappeared in the second half. Um, I know he missed a blitz pickup, which if you're a running back, that's a big thing because Austin Allen was wide open when he missed the corner blitz. But you kind of saw Ramir Johnson came in. He didn't have a ton of yards, but he provided a little bit of spark. And so, I mean, the, the job is still anyone's to take. It's now the question of who's going to step up and actually take it and be the top dog in that room. Because right now, I really don't think there is one. Well,
1: let's go to the offensive line. You mentioned uh, guys took turns, and you've been there. You've made a first start. I think it was against Von Miller, uh, and <laughs> and it, it is what it is there. And, and you had a good night, and it, and it was it was a tough night, but. Let's go to, to Banks. Let's go to Hymas making his second start. Let's go to the interior that I think four of the five sacks came from or against both of Nebraska's guards. I know Benhart had a good day uh, when you look at the, the, the five, same with Juergens for the most part. But overall, uh, what's, what's left for this offensive line? I guess concerns and then upside. Let's go there.
3: Yeah, so I think I touched a little bit on the run game portion yep. of it. The one thing that I didn't see from this offensive line that was a little disheartening was I want this offensive line to be able to make the coach right. So Scott coming out and saying that like the game plan was a little out the window and stuff, okay, I can understand that. But there comes a point when all five guys need to stand up and say, I don't care what the coach called. I don't care – what defense they're in? We're just going to physically push them off the ball for two, three yards, and let the running back make something happen. And I just didn't see that from them consistently on Saturday. There was times, but I want to consistently see them say, "I don't care if it's odd, even, black, green, polka dot, upside mm-hmm. down. We're just going to physically beat you up up front, and we're going to run the football." And until so we we need to get to that aspect. Now, switching gears to the pass protection thing. We opened Pandora's box a little early in the season in that we've got, we struggled with the twist game. Uh, they ran a four down front. They mugged the Mike linebacker, who was really good for them, Jake Hansen, right over the center, and they ran a bunch of twist games. And that's why you saw a lot of Martinez pressure and sacks came up the middle because it would be two guys pin, one guy comes around. One guy pins, one guy comes around. Or Jake Hansen would start on the right side and then they'd have the D lineman pick the center. And the linebacker would squeeze to the opposite B gap, and we just didn't pass them off. We always found ourselves either on different levels, or we were getting ourselves picked. And that's something that's now on tape. The tape never lies. The tape tells all. And so teams are going to mimic that until we can get it stopped. And so it's only going to take one or two times of us picking it up and smashing the twister in the mouth and cleaning this clock. But until then, we're going to see twist games, especially as we get into Big Ten play. And I'll tell you this: Oklahoma twists a lot too.
2: Ceros uh, through fall camp, I think we've heard a lot about how good and like the upside of this offensive line. Do you think the struggles Saturday were a result of a lack of experience? Was it just uh, not having your head in the game? Where where do you think those troubles came from?
3: You know, I think it's a, a bit of growing pain. I think that people thought when you hear, man, we got a lot of upside for this offensive line means that they're already there. Upside means that there's a lot of room for growth, but we gotta grow through the growing pain. I mean, you look at it, we put two guys in the NFL that made 53-man rosters and got drafted in Farniak and Hymas. That's hard to replace, especially when you're talking about young guys. I mean, Turner Corcoran had a very small sample size against Rutgers last year. He looked good. He struggled at times. And then you also got Ethan Piper. You got Mitch Schichterman, who, I mean, Piper got some playing time last year, but he was kind of rotating in and out, wasn't really the guy, kind of the guy. Now he's the guy. He's expected to play 60, 70 plays a game. I think that with young players come young, growing pains. But, like we said, the upside for potential is enormous. But now they just have to grow through those and fix the mistakes that they made. And now the biggest thing to look for, Schmitty and Elijah, is to stop the repeat errors. If it happened last week, it cannot happen again the next week.
1: Searles, uh, you hit on repeat errors, and there were a lot of repeat errors Crushing penalty, big time turnover, special teams blow up, and uh, why does that keep happening? You have an answer? You have a theory?
3: You know, I don't have a theory. I, my one take on it this year is the way that I'm looking at it is as far as for fans and for us as media to look at it. It's really easy for us to say, "Oh boy, here we go again." Right? We just press pause on the 2020 season and we just press play on the 2021 season, and it looks exactly the same. I'm willing for the next couple of weeks to be able to put a fresh set of eyes on this season and say, hey, this is a new team. This have new leadership. There's new players in key positions. I'm willing to give this team the benefit of the doubt that they're going to be able to fix these errors. And this was a true first game jitter errors type game, even though they looked like last year. But they'll be able to fix it and move forward for it. Until this team shows me that they cannot do that, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they can And I think that that's the way that we have to go forward, and that's the mindset they have to go forward because it's really easy for them to also fall into the trap of, oh, boy, here we go again. It's week one. we got 11 weeks of football left. Clean the airs up. Get tuned up here through the next two games. Walk into Norman and play a clean football game and don't shoot yourself in the foot, and who knows what could happen.
1: Jeremiah Searles with us, Hale Varsity Radio at Searles71 underscore HSKR on Twitter. You hear him and see him with the Husker sideline reports with the network. Searles, last thought here with Adrian and some of his misses, his workload, and the fact on, on 44 dropbacks, 26 times, he was either hit, hurried, or sacked. What's a normal number?
3: You want that to be single digits. Okay. If, he, if, he, if he, you, you have a quarterback that drops back 50 times, you want him to be obviously sacked zero, but you, don't want, you want him to not get hit more than 10 times. I mean, pressures are going to happen. You're going to get out-schemed. You're going to get hold of the ball. But the fact that he was pressured on almost 50% of his snaps really, really puts a hard time for me to look at him and be like, oh, Adrian didn't play well. First throw of the game, the dude gets and He's on his back. That's you can't have that happen. The quarterback needs confidence that he can stand in the pocket and deliver the ball without getting killed. And until I mean that's something that has to be an absolute one hundred percent sense of urgency for these guys is that Adrian has to stay clean.
1: How much did you guys move the pocket if there was uh a matchup issue or there was penetration happening either with Tommy or Taylor?
3: We move the pocket all the time. I think any time you have a dual-threat quarterback, if you can get, especially with how wide the hashes are in college, I mean, if you're on the far-left hash and you have a right-handed quarterback, roll him out there and give him a run-pass option or pass-run option, I guess going would say. Obviously, you want to throw it first. Mm-hmm. You're to throw it first. But, I mean, even at worst-case scenario, the dude just continues to run to the sideline and he gets four or five yards before he runs out of bounds. I think that that's going to be put more in the playbook this year. Or this next upcoming week, mm. because it is a way to get him outside the pocket, and it's a way for him to protect himself too, instead of always feeling so trapped inside the pocket. There,
1: a thought here on rotation. People are wondering where mm. Omar and Betts are at. Uh, do you see? Do you, do you think we'll see more opportunity for those guys? You've got some game breakers, and I know that that. And I don't disagree with Lubick; they've got to earn it. But there's also uh, uh, there's a gap in in ability theoretically with. Uh, with them versus some of the kids that, that are that are out there trying to get separation.
3: You know, I think it's a trust issue, Chris. You know, I think that when you're talking to Lubick and Frosty that you gotta earn it, that means that they have to trust that when they put you out there you're gonna do the right things. And what I think happened is when we saw a new defense then we were practicing all week, they had to rely on guys that they knew they could trust to go out there and do it against whatever they saw. Man, cover one, quarters, whatever it might be versus maybe guys that aren't quite as there or quite developed enough to be able to understand, hey, the game plan fell apart. We need to trust you that you can go run something that we ran week two in camp, not this week against scout team. And until you can have that full trust both ways of coach, trust player, player, trust coach, you're just not going to see those guys on the field, especially when it's nut-cutting time and you need to make a play. You've got to have guys out there that you can trust.
1: Is the guy going to be in the right spot? Does he know what to do, right? I mean, yeah, simple as Yeah, because
3: that. if he's not in the right spot, it's, it's catastrophe, right? You're mm-hmm. talking turnover. You're talking sacks. You're talking bad, bad stuff that can happen if you're not there where you're supposed to be. Miss a protection and get your quarterback killed, right? It's mm-hmm. all about trust all the way around.
1: Jeremiah Searles, our favorite Husker, and, of course, Charger, Viking, And uh, Buffalo Bill, and you find him with the Oscar Network on the sidelines, and you follow him on Twitter at Searles71 underscore HSKR. Jay, we'll see you on Saturday, brother. Thanks for the time. Great stuff as always.
3: Absolutely, guys. I'll see you Saturday. Go Big Red.
1: There he is. Jeremiah Searles with us. We love Searles. Good stuff. Great takes uh, from the sideline. Uh, We'll get uh, some best bets right now. Danny Burke next on Hale Varsity. Welcome to it at Tower Two at Tail Varsity Radio Weekend, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Mark Crane, Elijah Herbel back at our ESPN Lincoln Studios. Excited to be in the rail yard. It is game day. It is Nebraska's home opener, 2021. Fordham in town. A chance for Nebraska to get to one and one, and a little bit of sprinklage going on down here in the rail yard. We are here on the stage. I see our friends at Longwell straight of forward, our friends uh, from Gate twenty five to the right. And uh you've got those those folks that are just they have a knack for that perfect keg carry. Yeah. One hand. Mm-hmm. Very strong. Keg in each and yeah. it is it is it is muscles.
0: It and look, dude, it's starting to rain a little bit here. Um, but it'll... it'll. Yeah, we got a little drizzle.
1: But that's okay.
0: Yeah, we still got some folks tough Put on the
1: big red poncho that says run the damn ball. Yep. Put and on get here. Yeah. And that, get here. It'll clear up. It'll be good. Uh, numbers to get in, 466-377-6800, 825-5865. Email Chris at Varsity com or Mark at com. Follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Mark scourge for Mark Cranack at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And we welcome in managing editor yet another year of amazing coverage from Hale Varsity towards Nebraska Athletics. Managing editor Brandon Vogel with us at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Get his book with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. Vogues, happy uh, game day, brother. Have you hit the horseshoe yet? Good morning.
2: No, not yet. I'm going to wait a little closer to game time, but I'm doing well. Thank you.
1: Well, uh, it is is Nebraska Fordham, just how you dreamed it up. Uh, Interested here to get your take, and we kind of kicked things off uh, in Hour 1 talking about uh, the development that's necessary for Nebraska's offense, what is next for this football team? You can take it today against Fordham, or you can zoom out and go a little macro with it. But but post last weekend, what do you think's next for the Big Red?
2: Um, I, I, well, I I think it's pretty clear they they want to run the ball for for a variety of reasons. They couldn't slash didn't uh, against. Illinois um, I expect them to be able to do that today uh, you know there's there's a, a, a range of, of types of teams in the the FCS ranks just like there are in the FBS ranks um, and you sure didn't see it in a game like South Dakota State Colorado State last night but most of the time you're gonna notice a difference the most between those two levels of football on the lines of scrimmage so I expect Nebraska to, for it to look that way um, on offense. I mean, the more interesting thing is is if this game goes, you know, the way a lot of people think it can go, does Nebraska continue to work on that run game? Does it use, you know, maybe a, a, an early lead? And I'm not even talking like a, a huge lead to balance things out and work on the passing game. Like, it, it'll be interesting from that perspective to see – maybe just how much work they think they had to do to get that run game to where, in my opinion, it it needs to be for them to have success this this season.
0: Brandon Vogel is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. You know, we were talking about development um, just overall, and I'm just going to put you on the spot here. Who, how many Huskers can you name on the offensive side of the ball who have basically gone into the lab carved themselves up, emerged and steadily improved year after year after year to where you could say Nebraska as a developmental program, here are some proof points of those kinds of people on offense. Who comes to mind? How many people can you name?
2: Uh, Austin Allen is the first one who comes to mind. And, yep. and, and part of that's because I, I've heard him talk specifically about um what weight training has, has meant to him. So when you're talking about specifically going in the lab, like he's one who I, I think fits the bill. Um, Cameron Juergens, m- maybe, uh, probably. I mean, you know, we've got, we've got the one glaring thing of uh, the, the snaps, which 90% of the time aren't an issue, but the 10% sure seem to happen at the, at the worst moments. Um, but for a guy who they said, you came in as a tight end, we think you're a future pro as a center, like, and he's probably going to be that. Um, but, I mean, the glaring thing is, you can't really say that at the skill positions outside of what happened with those two guys that came in as tight ends. One stayed there and one moved to the offensive line. And when you stop and think about it and look at kind of those UCF years and just the kind of scads of, skill position talent they were able to find in just two seasons uh it certainly jumps out
0: yeah and then uh brandon compare that to defense (laughs) how many guys can you name there
2: a lot right um yeah i mean especially when you look at like a, a veteran group this year like just looking at the starters you've got a lot of good candidates i mean I think we'll see. Like week one was strong for him, um, but, but Damian Daniels, I think by year's end, is going to be a guy who's definitely in, in that category. Uh, you could look at Ben Stilley, who, you know, flashed in his earliest games, I think, under Mike Riley. And then, you know, it, it took him a little bit in this program, but he's certainly in there. Uh, I probably would put Cam Taylor Britt, and that, that might be the, the best example of this era so far. Of a guy that yep. Nebraska saw uh, a high school quarterback. You know, he played both ways, but um, who's come in and is gonna, you know, is legitimately one of the best corners in, in the league. So, yep. yeah, there's, there's plenty of options on defense.
0: JoJo Nelson, yep. Reimer, Dismuke, Deontay Williams. It's, I mean, you can kind of go down the
1: Caleb list. Tanner's a guy. Tanner so far, let's we'll see early. If, if he continues his progress. Brandon Vogel's with us, Voges. Uh, as you look around the Big Ten, some early impressions uh, from Ohio State <laughs> when they got mad, <laughs> they just said, "You know what? We're gonna we're gonna just rip off uh, 50-yard plays." Uh, Minnesota, and then even Northwestern and Michigan State last night. What what's an early peak of of the West here? When we kind of look at where Nebraska's at, they've still got two games to get up to speed before Norman and, and then Sparty to get back into Big Ten play. But what's your reaction and thoughts here of, of some of the West you've seen so far through week zero and week one?
2: Yeah, so Minnesota, I, I fully expected them to to really challenge Ohio State. You know, it's, it, <laughs> it's all relatively speaking. But Ohio State, you know, <laughs> road game on Thursday night, you're breaking in a new quarterback yeah, it's 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 kind of a challenging situation, but like they have so much talent at wide receiver. and I don't think like going forward with this the the issue with with Ohio State will be quarterback. You know, you'll get a little bit of up and down with just a first year guy there, but it's more of the defense. like the the defense is not as good as it should be, I don't think, based on the talent it has. That was a little bit the case last year and and was a green secondary. I think it might be more the case um, that could come back to by Ohio state at some point this season, um, maybe next week, you know, you've got, you've got Oregon next week, uh, but, but for Minnesota, you know, it looks like they'll probably be without Ibraham um, for, for a little bit and that's too bad, but I think that's still a really good team um, and a veteran team. And I expected them to be pretty good. Michigan state Northwestern, you know, I tweeted last night when it was twenty-one nothing that Mel Tucker, he scored six touchdowns so far against Northwestern, and nobody else has scored more than two in a game against the Wildcats. So he might just have might might just be kryptonite to to Pat Fitzgerald, but the transfer running back they added certainly seemed to to spark with them right away. Um, so. That one, I'm I'm a little bit – Michigan State was the mystery team for me. And, you know, Nebraska, Mm. that looms as a really, really big game. Obviously, we've got three before that. But if those three results go the way that they would be predicted to go, that road trip to Michigan State becomes a pivotal game in this season. And then you come back against Northwestern, which I expected the offense to – well, Northwestern never lights it up on that side. So figuring in growing pains on defense if they replaced a lot and lost the longtime defensive coordinator. I expected this to be pretty bumpy for Northwestern. That said, it's it probably not as rough as last night looked for them.
1: Vogue's real quick. We'll get back to Nebraska. But to Northwestern, I mean, they didn't get bad quarterback play at all. Uh, I, I, I was quite honestly impressed. With, with Hunter last night, I mean, he didn't throw any picks. You just got zero run game, and, and you got gashed. And we were talking about that here-we-go-again feeling, you know, that Nebraska is exhibited through a few coaching staffs. But it, it's you got to believe it's somewhat real with uh, Murphy's Law for, for Nebraska football and momentum someone's got to make a play and make a change but I think Northwestern was was victimized a little bit when you want to talk about uh first play of the game and and how things started out for for Northwestern last night I mean out of the gate it was a 75 yard gash play for for a house call you got decent quarterback play you got a new d coordinator like you touched on you got to replace a really elite defense uh with Northwestern and then Sparty for once in a while got competent quarterback play uh that's that's really uh what, what, all we're asking for right in, with Nebraska is give me a, a run game that is competent give me quarterback play that, that gets help and oh yeah lean on a defense
2: yeah it is and I mean you know Michigan State I think came into that game with you know new quarterback new running back um largely new. I mean, they're pretty new at the skill positions in general, and they came out with a game plan that they they knew they could execute. It wasn't like we've got the full play. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs. My impression of it was like, you know, here's some plays that we know we can execute. They're working. Northwestern is a team that even in a good year, well, it, it, in a good year, it doesn't give up 21 points very often, um, much <laughs> less give down 21 nothing. But you, you're right with the way that game started, and with the number of new players that were playing for them, like it was just it was an uphill climb. I mean, you can look at kind of the game after 21 nothing and be like, okay, well, Northwestern kind of buckled down and, and did some things here to keep it where it was, uh, which isn't a surprise. It's kind of what I'd, ex- I'd expect from a Pat Fitzgerald team.
0: Brandon Vogel with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, Brandon, Trev Alberts had a, uh, a sit-down with Tom Chattel, and um, <laughs> I, it's kind of like what wasn't said is what stood out to, to me the most. If you look at that, it just se- do, do you get the sense that Trev has essentially put coach frost and others on notice and then two does it stick out to you that he is yet to sort of endorse frost emphatically as like his guy that he's sticking with
2: um yeah that interview it was like like jazz It's, it's like it's the notes that you don't play um, but, you know, like jazz I, 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 I guess I'm not surprised that there hasn't been a public endorsement yet I mean I think the, the, the theme that I continue to see or the sense that I continue to get a better way to put it is that expectations are being clearly communicated um, it, it seems that way I mean he, you know, there, there are a lot of things that, that Alberts maybe didn't say and hasn't said to this point, but he is pretty clear when explaining his football expectations. And, and, and not at a, you know, not in a, well, six wins is what we need this year, but in a, like, here's what we need to see. And I, I, I really like that because I feel like he is focused on the right things of like, we can control this part of it. And I know from my experience, from my observations, all My entire career to this point as a player and as an administrator, if you can control these things, like, the winning will come. And, and I really think that's a missing piece for Nebraska at the moment. So if it takes Trev Alberts to be the one to like, bang that message home every day uh, when he shows up for work, I think it, 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 you're going to see the results eventually. It's just a matter of how long.
1: Brandon Vogels with us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine. We're here in the Rail Yard Weekend Edition, HailVarsity Radio. Uh, Rail Yard, we're on the stage. We're uh, dry underneath the, uh, the cube. A few folks mill it around here. A lot of folks, shockingly kidding, of course, in red. Uh, the beer windows are open. Folks are finding their way to said beer windows. And uh, a little bit of a, a sprinkle. A little damp here this morning. Uh, just a touch of rainfall, but. Uh, that 's how we want to kick off football season right is uh, the elements make this thing a uh, a football centric run the ball type uh, type Saturday against Fordham and beyond. I want to go into to today with some of the personnel vogues Get your take here on if um, if if there 's a, a chance to see more of of some of the the skill guys that we 've we 've been excited about from a recruiting standpoint and we know the measurables we know the the athleticism but we also know you didn't get a glimpse of any or didn't get a glimpse very often anyway of some of the guys that can be difference makers moving forward on offense how are you at with with Lubick's takes on on earning it every day and i and i i agree with that i think you need to earn it but there's also the the element of of going with what guys can do right where where do you think Nebraska goes and moves forward here with with that aspect. Well, yeah, I I, I read
2: those comments as, you know, a a moment of of clarity, which doesn't happen all that often. To be honest, you know, we're all, everyone who kind of follows the team and, you know, reads and produces all the stuff leading up to it, It, it's a surprise not to see a guy like Xavier Morrison. So Lubek, at least, offered something of an answer. And, you know, we went through this last year on a weekly basis with, with Omar Manning. And I always tend to kind of trust the coaches on that, even if it doesn't make sense at, at face value. Because you know, really we, we don't have a good look into that. Like, our only look into like, what's Elante Brown like right now, is what they tell us. And, you know, if you're a coach, there's there's no advantage to getting up there and being like, well, the new freshman wide receiver really has a long way to go. You're not going to say that, um, even if it's true. So uh, for a lot of these guys, I think what gets built up is because they're unknown, they're the best possible versions of themselves. So just in a big picture sense, um, I tend to kind of like – well, if guy's not playing, there's probably a reason for it. Um, now, this week, this game should be one where you can reward guys, you know, for, for some of those guys who maybe didn't put everything into into prep last week. If they got a, bit, a little bit better, there's going to be a chance to play. And then we'll we'll see them play, and we'll expect them to play next week, and who knows what will happen there.
0: Brandon Vogel with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Do you, do you think part of it is – and I don't really know how other programs handle it, but, you know, Sebion Morrison got trotted out in front of reporters after practice and was one of the guys talking. Xavier Betts, same thing. That They kind of trot out, like, anybody. And in some ways, that's cool to have that access, but does that maybe also give false hope to the
1: fan base that these are they're actual ready, they're contributors? Ready for, they're ready for 25 carries, folks.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I mean, I know, like, just amongst our staff that day that they brought out three running backs. And at that point, the, the coaches were saying, yeah, we've got a top three. It was like, well, here's your top three, uh, the guys that they made available. Um, so so there is some of that. And, and with Xavier Betts, you know, that's that's another kind of classic example. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to pencil out sometimes. I mean, I guess I continually come back to you. as like Nebraska's long-standing issues are, are bigger than one-player fixes. Like, we all know that, obviously. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I continue to be more worried about that. But it is you see these moments where guys come in and other places, particularly – and flash right away, and yeah, maybe they're limited, um, maybe they can't do everything, maybe they're going to screw up, but they're also going to, you know, take a 75-yard touchdown <laughs> in for you. Um, like, it just, <laughs> the moments of that at Nebraska are kind of hard to recall over the past five, six, seven years.
1: Vogue's a, a quick thought uh, with Nebraska volleyball uh, taking down Georgia, but also getting from UNO. Uh, what's your takeaway with with um, with Husker volleyball here? Is uh, I'm, I'm sure Coach Cook uh, let it be known that he was not pleased. A couple of timeouts early, but uh, Nebraska got the job done.
2: Yeah, so clearly, clearly experimenting with lineups uh, against Omaha as that as watching that, and I mean the shot the scorelines on that were insane. Like it wasn't. Nebraska dropped two sets by a total of four points, you know, Omaha ran them <laughs> the two times they they won, and I was sitting there thinking, I was like, you know what? Nebraska's going to win this match in five, and it's going to be exactly what Coach Cook wants. It's going to be like, alright guys, see? You're not, that, you're not that good yet. I mean, Nebraska's number four <laughs> in the country, like we know they're good. Uh, and, and then getting pushed by Georgia pretty good. Also, like, back that up. And, you know, it I was talking to Aaron Swords, and she brought up a good point. You know, Cook, I think it was after the final match last year, said you know, not having kind of non-conference. Like, Nebraska volleyball really uses non-conference to prepare itself for the Big Ten stretch. Um, and yesterday was a really good example of that. To come out of that with two wins is, is pretty good. Um, and those freshmen are getting better rapidly. They came in at a really high level, but you can see it. So... I think up and up it, it, it gave you pause. We're not used to seeing Nebraska volleyball struggle, uh, to the degree it did, particularly yesterday morning. But overall I think it it's all part of the plan.
0: Brandon Vogel, hey, real quickly also with volleyball, Kennedy Orr. I'm I'm no setting expert. I'm not. But the ball leaves her hands differently, doesn't it?
2: It does. She's gonna be she's gonna be really good and I think um, it, it, this Nebraska just does this. They, they have a long-time starter, et cetera, and, and she'll remain the starter, et cetera. But like, it's not just talk. Of you know, every coach says this in college. Like, my job now is to go out and recruit somebody better than you. You just see it year after year at Nebraska. Um, she's she's going to be she's going to be a, a fixture for the Huskers for a long time to come.
1: Voges will uh, get uh, checked in next week. Thanks for your time. Thanks for your insight this morning, Bud
2: all right
0: thanks guys I, I would love somebody smarter than me at, about volleyball to help put into words what i mean by when you see her set but it is dude it's totally different okay. like, I, it's it it's different
1: no they're, they're it's they're, very
0: it's an it's very athletic looking whereas setting usually doesn't look like that they're her, incredible like
1: whew. weekend edition hail varsity radio uh we are at the uh, rail yard here a few folks mill it around undercover it's not bad out, just a little damp. The Iron Horse is in the on-deck circle. He's got the pine tar out. As uh, Gary Sharp will be with us. Hail Varsity continues as we get you ready for Nebraska Fordham. Home opener 2021. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
2: Glad to have you back. Answer, yes, You heard me right. Here are the guys, Schmidt and Cranach. Well,
1: Hector, here's the game plan. You're going to bring us two absolute martinis. You know how I like them, straight up. And then precisely
4: seven and one half minutes after that, you're going to bring us two more. then two more
1: after that, every five minutes until one of us passes out. Excellent strategy, sir. Back here, weekend edition, Hale Varsity Radio, Nebraska Fordham, home opener 2021. Chris Schmidt, Mark Reynak, Elijah Herbel back at our ESPN studios, the Iron Horse is in it is Gary Sharp as our friends at. 96. Hey, this rain sticks. is not
4: doing any favors. No, no.
1: your uh, your projection on the atmosphere and the reality of the atmosphere.
4: Well, again, the rain is not doing any favors to downtown Lincoln. But driving from Omaha, so last year the home opener, which nobody could go to, I counted five cars on my drive from Omaha to Lincoln. <laughs> Today was kind of light uh again you pull into lincoln and there's not a lot of traffic but again the weather i think the opponent last week it's just kind of a weird vibe around this program right now pandemic yes and 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 you know it's a little bit more restrictive in lincoln than it is in omaha and other parts of the state but but Here's the thing. I I think what is really cool about Nebraska football and the experience that's going to go on uh, not very far from here is there will be a lot of people that this is their first time they've been to a game because they have the ability to get tickets or with the program that was announced earlier this week, they were given tickets, and so they get to experience this. So that's a positive out of today. But I'll be just very curious on inside of the stadium because it's not only off of last week and who you're playing, it's... Fans haven't been here since November of 2019. Yeah. The last time fans were in that stadium, Keith Duncan was blowing them kisses. So people are excited to be back. But, you know, it's just it's one of those things where Nebraska football is right now. But after all of our discussion, the bottom line, it's still Nebraska football. And people will be here
1: today. And Nebraska has to have a get-right game in a monster way. Gary Sharp is with us here, the Iron Horse, here in the rail yard. As getting ready for Nebraska and Fordham uh, kickoff at 11 and get right is is so key because there's a lot of elements you, you look forward to seeing the offense making the jump here week one to week two undermanned opponent can you take care of you I want to go back to Champaign for just a second though and 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 get a not not dwell or hammer away there's a lot that's been said but what was your takeaway? I mean, just overall, we, we put a lot into that game as far as it's a big-time tone setter. And now you you got to start behind the eight ball again uh, if you're Nebraska. Uh, was, was it the offense? Was it the rotation? Was it the line play? I mean, what, what did you walk away with? Like, I mean, there's a lot of things you can shake your head about. There's a lot of moments in that game. But overall, I, what was your biggest wow moment? That the
4: football program is the same football program that we saw last year. And that wasn't supposed to be the case. And I'm going to lump everybody together. They didn't look any different. Mm -hmm. And that was a disturbing thing. Now, there are certain elements of what happened last Saturday, certain players and position groups that gave you enough to keep you encouraged but not enough in a football game because the margin of error is so small with this team right now that they, they can't have four offensive linemen do the right thing and one guy not do the right thing. And be able to pull something off. I mean, they need so many things to fall in line for them to be successful that it's amazing that they're in this position, but you kind of do it to yourself. And it's a confusing program because they have good talent. Yeah, they have they really do. good talent. Yep. And there were elements in the running game in the first half where they were starting to build things, and then all of a sudden they pivoted away. So it's a confusing program to me. Where you can see that there is more, but I don't know if you can get more, and if what happened on Saturday is just going to continue to happen from headsets to helmets, and we're going to walk through this malaise of another season, that can't happen. And you know, today is not Nebraska Fordham, in my opinion. It's Nebraska against Nebraska. Mm-hmm. You know, Fordham is uh, undermatched and they're overmatched. They don't have as much talent. They don't have as much size. But this is about Nebraska. This is Nebraska playing Nebraska to come out and look clean like they've had a good week of preparation. Um, you're not going to change anybody's perception. But I, there's, there's things that happened last week that are very disturbing to me after you've had a whole season of preparation and a week of preparation for an opponent and there were elements that looked like you hadn't, you hadn't prepared and you were slow starting and sloppy again in game one. That's, that's a warning sign. Does Frost continue to surprise you in press conferences? Well, here's the—and, and, you know, we've all talked about this this week. foot and mouth guy. Um, yes. <laughs> it's just, like, I, often. Okay, so here's where I think Scott is when he addresses the media. Sometimes I don't think he's prepared for the kind of questions he's going to get. Now, you've got to think in your head, okay, they're going to ask me about what happened to the run game. They're going to ask me about some other things that happened. I've got to be prepared for that. I think Scott is in the middle of, I'm going to be brutally honest, and then I'm going to protect guys. Because I think when he said on Monday, we threw out half the playbook, we all went, oh, my God, what's going on here? And then I personally thought about it on Monday night about thinking, okay, why did he say that? Was he protecting the offensive line? Were there things that he was protecting? But then he opened himself to, well, do you have, like, a set of contingencies if things don't go well? (laughs) And then his offensive coordinator the next day. Yeah, we have a whole sheet of contingencies. Matt Matt Lubick explained it pretty well. So I I think Scott's in a weird spot right now. Um, I I think he's frustrated. I think he's confused. Uh, I, I think he's trying to find what is the right key, what is the right button to push. And when he gets in front of cameras... I think he's looking for the right words to say. And he's in that middle of, do I be really honest or do I kind of play coy? But he's at a point now, guys, we know this, whatever he says is going to get ripped apart until you start winning. And then when you start winning, you can have that as your press conference, not what you're saying in reaction to what happened.
1: Is there a a high level of concern, trust? I think he wants to run the football. And I think he's had reservations... I don't I know think he, that he I wants he to run
4: the football, Schmidty. Yeah, well, I think no. he, I think he says that because you know, if you are saying I think he wants to run the football, then you stick with things yep. even when things aren't going well.
1: I don't. I, and I, but, I, admit, but if you don't trust it, well, it's easier for you to go. The T-word with him
4: is a big thing. Players and position groups, especially on offense. I mean, we see that with guys that didn't play this past Saturday. Morrison and Betts. Instead of just throwing them out there if they had a choppy week of practice, he's like, I can't trust them, so they're going to sit. And you basically handcuff yourself of two right. dynamic offensive players. I do believe they want to run the football. And I believe that there are elements of their game that say, this can be successful but why don't you stick to it? I'm telling you, if you guys go back and watch the first half, there was a series where they started to run the ball, and they were starting to have some success, and it, and it started to look a little bit different. And you're thinking, okay, this might be four yards here, but if you continue to hammer that, even behind is it going to be seven, eight, nine, ten coming up in the second half? Right. I think what happens is these guys right now are under so much pressure to be good right away, that when things go sideways, they panic and they get off script, and it's just they lose an identity. And so if you're losing an identity as a play caller, what do you think the players are thinking? Sure. Because I'm sure a lot of those guys said, Coach, you know what, we're only down a score. Let's stick with the running game because this is going to work. Mm-hmm. It just it, it doesn't make any make any sense sometimes the flow of the play calling like complimentary plays pet plays I, I i didn't i didn't think we'd be to this far into this era where they don't have a schematic identity where if we walked into the stadium before the game and all three of us looked at each other we would say yeah, i know what nebraska is going to do today wait till they run i'm just going to use the triple option or something sure. like that you don't know what the pet play is yeah. that's uncomfortable
0: yeah man i think you really just hit on something there gary about panic Right, because, and I think we all feel it as fans, you know, speaking for myself, you get down a touchdown, and it, it is very much, oh, my God, here we go again. One like score we better, feels like yep. three. Better yep. come back and do something here. But that doesn't mean, that should not mean for the adults in the room, for the coaches in the room, to just throw out your game plan mm-hmm. and try to turn Martinez into Tom Brady. But that's what they do. The, the, the actual, the offense does have an identity, Gary. The identity is just not intentional. Uh, the identity is. Great come out, have a nice first first drive, scripted first drive, and then after that, it's just kind of whatever. It's the Able Thirteen flag football offense. Dump it off, quarterback scrambles. That's what it actually is. Engineered but that's not what they
4: practice. But that's not what they <laughs> practice. Well, right. So here's here's the the as a fan media player coach whatever your actions and your words are a long way apart oh, of yeah. what you want to do and what you actually do yeah. i think that they have so much we got to make a play somebody's got to make a play mentality that it gets you a cam taylor brit trying to say i know i'm doing this wrong i'm not taught this i know for sure that he is not taught what he did the other uh, last saturday but he's thinking in his head Oh boy. The last punt went out to one. We gotta make a play. We need a spark. He can feel it. And so he he all of a sudden gets out of his, you know, realm and goes and tries to do something like that. And we're like, how does a guy that has been around for a while do something like that? I think that mentality exists because going back to the P word you use, Mark. You do panic when you get squeezed and you yeah. don't say, you know what? Everything's going to be fine. St- the one thing that boggles me is we, 60 minutes. That's what, that's what you play a football. It's almost like Nebraska doesn't realize that you get to play a full 60 minutes. <laughs> right. But you've got to win a game in a short window instead of building up where all of a sudden things break through, the dam breaks, and you're feeling pretty good.
1: Yeah. Gary Sharp, the Iron Horse, with us. Hale Varsity Radio Weekend Edition ESPN Lincoln here in the rail yard. As uh, Nebraska fans milling around here, it's drying up a bit, and uh, folks are continuing to get in line for that red beer, that Coors Light, whatever you you fancy on a Saturday morning. You and uh, several thousand of your closest fans uh, will absolutely enjoy. Going to be a great rail yard party uh, with your friends at 96 Kicks. Sharpie, we, we, when I asked about the run game, that's... That's, that's got to be a tug of war. I think you nailed it, and you, you want to run the ball, but you still want to show off, hey, your offense is sexy, your offense is high-flying, it's high-producing, uh, it's potent, and, and that's got to be difficult for him. And it's and it showed to not do what you've been doing your whole career as a head coach and as a high level assistant at Oregon. It's it's a it's a whole different uh, rocky road to deal with in the Big Ten, and now you've got to dare I say adjust back, and uh, your commitment level is not a thousand percent. Yeah, let me let me turn this back on you
4: guys talking about this offense, and. Everything has to come together. Adrian can't bail out the offense. All the different pieces, the offense, have to work for the quarterback to be a a trigger man. Because I think actions and words and perception of what actually is going on are a lot different with Adrian in, in Scott's mind. Is if this offense isn't running with tempo, where you get six yards on first down, and then you get another four, and then you get five. The first time you fall behind the sticks, tempo does not exist. And then it gets really, really choppy, and it's kind of like throw a dart at the dartboard. That if they get into a series where they have tempo, and things are quick, it's just a three-step drop, the ball is out from Martinez into the hands of wide receiver, they're in space, they can make a play, or a running back is getting past the line of scrimmage, that's when things seem to go pretty well. But it's that first time where they fall behind the sticks, and you forget about the guy in the backfield. Hey, let's just keep pounding Irvin or whoever it is your running back. It's it's such a mystery, and it's so different. I, I think we probably have transitioned away from. Well, this is what they did at UCF. Well, they either they don't have the elements they had at UCF that they trust, or they just realize in this league they can't do some of those things. I don't know. That's a weird. I think there's a little bit of both there, but that's a weird thing to happen. So I think we're all curious today to see. Can you tell right away what their game plan is? What they said, okay, today to beat Fordham, this is, we're going to do blank. I would say today is the day to run the football because the other element of last Saturday, do you know anything about the running backs?
1: No. no you know, you know, you know no. one of your three that you thought was going to get major carries didn't. And you saw one miss a, a, a blitz pickup and he went milk carton. And uh, Irvin had your long run so for, let's, for 11 yards. Let's, with some let's great bring vision. this back
4: into part of this conversation of the confusing part of where this offense is, is who's on the field at a particular time? Who's the personnel? Who's the right guy Rotation. for the set of plays that you get Irvin and then Step and, you know, I think Irvin and Step not being able to pass block really well hurt them, that trust thing, so they sat for the second half. But where does Ramir Johnson come from? Well, I all thought of a he sudden, was transferring for sure. <laughs> all of a sudden, he's into the game. So there are, yeah. there are personnel decisions that factor in. But last week was just on the offensive side. And, you know, the defensive side had good uh, spurts, but not great. They didn't play a full 60. Is everything's got to be together. You can't have one guy uh, trip up or it just throws everything off. And, uh, and I, that's very, very uncomfortable to have right now. We were talking earlier,
0: Gary, about, you know, Frost has said it himself, and I think most agree, that Nebraska is and should be a developmental program where, you you know, you bring guys in, you put them in the lab, you you feed them right, they work out right, they come out, just a much better, bigger, faster athlete than they contribute. On offense, name me more than two guys (laughs) that you can say are a really good example of a developmental program
4: at work compared to defense, where you could probably name at least a dozen. So I'm going to give you a guy, and he was the best offensive lineman the Nebraska had last Saturday. What, would you take Cam Jurgens? He's on the, he's probably. He's one. I really liked him out of high school, so maybe I'm a little biased here because I think he was going to be really good. Austin Allen? Austin Allen is Those definitely. Those are the two names. That's it. Now, that's it. now I'm going to give you another guy. It didn't work out at Michigan, didn't work out at Iowa, but oh, he might okay. be the number one wide receiver, Oliver mm-hmm. Martin. Yeah. I, I'm not sure you could throw him in this developmental category, yeah. though, right? Yeah. Because
0: he's, he's a transfer in, which is fine. But the fact that you can't name a running back you can't name a receiver you can name one tight end you can't name your four-year starting quarterback you can barely name many offensive linemen and then you compare that to defense you can almost go down the list on defense and be like
4: that's a developmental guy that's a developmental guy that's a the fact that we're saying this in year four well, okay, go back, rewind the tape to year one. And you're right about you can look at the defensive pickout development, guys. I mean, where's Tony Tuioti? Is he here in the rail yard because everybody needs to give him a high five? Is did you think from what you watched in year one, what you talked about, what you heard to year four, that the Q rating would flip oh, on geez. Eric Shenander to Scott Frost? I know. Because no, Frost or Chenander was getting killed in 18. Oh, I know. Shenander, people are going, you know what? There's something there. I believe what he's saying because I can see it. His
1: his kids believe in what he's saying. Well, and, okay, and the, doesn't
4: and, it look fun to play defense at Nebraska?
1: Well, they, wasn't offense supposed to be fun? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Defense oh, looks geez. fun. Defense looks fun. Defense it's looks like, confident. They they look confident. And a little bit of that
4: is those guys have been here a little bit longer, sure. But they they have fun on defense. On offense it looks like it's Oh my god, what's going to happen next? No, the dartboard take is is it real well, quick. Well, they don't
0: all transfer out.
4: You don't have contributors transferring out. Oh, well, I think I, I think here, let's defense. let's uh, keep throw offense on the side. I think defense and all of the coaches on defense have a plan. And I think every player knows the role that they fit or why they're not in that role. Yeah. I think communication on the defense is one of the strengths of that uh, staff.
1: I think you're right on. Uh, we are on the road a lot uh, back in the rail yard here next Saturday. We are in Norman in two weeks. Party, uh, part of the Poor folks thing. that power us on the road. Arrow Brokerage, your full-service real estate brokerage. And uh, they are operated by local real estate investors, and they specialize in that real estate investment. It's just the beginning. A, a mighty team of realtors that help clients and all faculties. That's real estate buying, that's selling, that's staging, that's investing, and much more. Uh, if you uh, are thinking about uh, one of those moves uh, when it comes to real estate arrow brokerage where you need to go uh, jenny limbach is who you think of marcus schmidt uh, brokerage at arrow Lincoln.com is the email the website arrow.com backslash brokerage and for your socials facebook it's at arrow lnk and on instagram it's at arrow underscore Lincoln, big day of football in the Big Ten. Sharpie, just a couple of minutes left. Iowa, Indiana, Penn State, Wisconsin. How about Sparty last night as well?
4: Uh, Mel Tucker has a plan in place. You know, last year they were. So Michigan State plays a style that keeps games close. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. They also are very physical. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, that game now post Oklahoma, which was already going to be a tricky game, now it, it's, it's highlighted yeah, even it's kind more. It's in New green. Illinois is they're just so so here's here's the thing about last weekend i always say smart tough and dependable wins the west also ball control stout defense good kicking game what did you see with michigan state last night all of it ball control offense stout d good kicking game what are you going to see today when iowa plays and wisconsin plays ball control offense stout d good kicking now maybe one of those things falters and they lose but that's kind of their identity the idea um that's the time-tested way That's to get Ws in this league. Yes. Can you morph into
1: that here? Will, will you allow yourself to do that? So here, I think you offensive. can get
4: one of those, a stout D. Yep. Kicking, you know, hey, who would have thought that the touchbacks would be the best thing that happened? Because that yep. was the thing we're like, oh, we're just going to throw that on the side. <laughs> um, I'm worried about punting. Uh, place kicking will bounce back. I mean, who, who yeah. would have thought? Yep. And he was not healthy going into that game, by the way. Uh, Punting is a question for me. The return coverage was good. Um, I think they should just fair catch every kickoff and start at the 25. And don't worry about negative yardage starting at the 20 or the 19. Just do what Minnesota does all the time. Mm -hmm. Just fair catch. Start at the 25. Because it almost seems like going back to how we started this conversation. When you start at the 19 or the 20 and you're not on the 25, guys are like, okay, we're already five yards behind the sticks. We got to make a play. Uh, And then it just turns into... uh, Um, But ball control offense...
1: I don't know that's in the DNA of the play caller. Well, we'll see if uh, you, learn, you continue to learn the hard way or you make changes offensively. Sharpie, awesome to see Thanks, you. Thanks, boys. Appreciate another, welcome
4: another. to the uh, home opener. Much better than last year's home opener. It is. Uh, we'll see. I so hope the result is much better, too. There's, Because there's if not, all of, the, all of us that do postgame shows will be on until probably Monday morning.
1: Yeah, last week was.
4: Uh, or Lincoln adventure. will be burned down, and that'll be unfortunate because Lincoln's a very nice community. It is Gary
1: Sharp, the Iron Horse. Mark Cranack, Cranack, good to see you. Nice to see you. Forecast: so of patchy
0: clouds and patchy
1: fans in the stadium. Well, Let's yeah, we, we've got actual attendance, and then we'll see paid attendance today. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. A Real Red reaction starts immediately after Nebraska Fordham here in the rail yard. Uh, JP from 96 Kicks. Tim Bob Kitzmiller. And uh, me, Schmitty, I'll be back for it, and uh, we'll see you there. So uh, enjoy your football Saturday. Get yourself a cocktail, get a hot dog, and uh, wear red. Talk to you on the Real Red Reaction. It's ESPN Lincoln. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery with Hale Varsity Saturdays.